Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning on this uh, beautiful Saturday in the Rockies. Uh, Hey, folks, if you're heading out today, be safe. The roads are terrible out there. We just drove down from Fort Collins. People were spinning out in front of us. Just take your time, right? Might be a little late, but it's better to get there. Your loved ones will appreciate it a lot more. Uh, And just if you don't understand how to drive in these conditions, find a reason to stay home. You know, I mean, there's no need to go out. It's going to let up tonight. we got lots of nice days coming. Maybe this is one of those after-the-holiday days where you listen to us here on the radio and then you just uh, light the fireplace and uh, sit around with the family and share some some time. So it's just a good day not to go anywhere. We're going to cover a lot of ground today. We're going to be talking uh, some ice fishing, some walleye fishing. We're going to cover some. Uh, we've got a couple different segments with some very prominent bass anglers that are going to join us today, both local and national. We've got uh, Colorado Parks is going to join us with some of the activities they've got going on for both uh, ice fishing and for uh, some activities to get out and do some hiking and work off a few of those holiday pounds. So, And we're going to talk a lot about the International Sportsman's Exposition that's going to be in Denver. Gosh, just a couple weeks. It's the 9th. starts on the 9th, and there's so much going on. In fact, speaking of that, we're going to go right to the phones and uh, joining us is Hall of Fame angler. Uh, Everybody out there is going to recognize his name. I think he's qualified for the Bassmaster Classic at least 15 times. He'll tell me if it's more. He's been Angler of the Year a couple times. He's uh, been on television over 40 years. Mr. Jimmy Houston, if I go through your entire resume, we won't get to talk to you. (laughs) Well, those are very kind words there. I appreciate that, Terry. Well, it's great to have you on and talk to you, and I want to talk to you a little bit about fishing, but one of the reasons we had you on is we talked about the International Sportsman's Exposition, and you're actually going to be appearing there, uh, I think, sat- a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday you're going to be there, and we'll talk a little bit more about why and when, but Friday night on our Advanced Anglers Day, Jimmy's going to join me at 4.30 at the tank, and they've named it uh, Questions and Answers with Legends of uh, Angling. Uh, either you count as two or they added me into that. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> that might be you might count as two, Terry, not me. I don't know. <laughs> but it's going to be that, an that honor. Legend to... status comes with age, I believe. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First they started calling me a pioneer and then, an, then, an, then a legend, right? Because you get older. There you go. There yeah. you go. That's good, though. That's a good thing. Yeah. Well, at, at least it means we've been around a while, right? It does that. It does that for sure. I want to talk more about what you're doing at IEC and all that, but let's just chat a little bit. You know, we're going to do a question and answer period on that Friday night. And gosh, when when you and I started in the outdoor industry, you and I talked earlier, there really wasn't an outdoor industry, was there? No, it really, you know, I mean, obviously people sold uh, boats and motors and rods and reels and fishing tackle, but, you know, it was really sort of a uh, you know, wasn't really considered an industry per se, and there certainly wasn't a tournament in- industry at all. You know, uh, I started fishing tournaments when I was a senior in college uh, in 1966, which is an awful long way back. And uh, actually, that's a couple years before BASS came around, and uh, we started fishing BASS in about the second 
I think the second or third tournament that they had, I fished the BASS tournament. And uh, but you know, yeah, nowadays professional bass fishermen and tournament fishermen, you know, know when they turn pro and how many years they fish pro. And uh, I really have no idea. Somewhere along the line, they just started calling us a pro. And uh, and you know, and if we started telling somebody in some of those days when they started calling us professional fishermen and. When they asked how we made our living, we'd say professional fishing. They thought maybe we ran some shrimp nets or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I, guess, I guess that was what a professional fisherman was. But the game's come a long way, and uh, the professional fishermen of nowadays are, are you know, a lot of them really doing well. A lot of a lot of them obviously make six-figure incomes. A handful make seven-figure incomes. But, yeah, it's turned into a, a really, really great industry without a doubt. Oh, you're absolutely right. And when you talk about the incomes, I remember when I, I started fishing tournaments – in the seventies, and uh, I fished both bass and walleye tournaments. And I used to say I fished, I fished bass tournaments for money, and I fished for walleyes for food because I didn't make much go. money. You know? <laughs> the checks are a little different now, aren't they? Well, they really are. You know, the first BASS tournament that I ever won, I won five thousand uh, dollars and a boat. And we actually, that boat got stolen before I got it home. So, uh, and you know, now the, all the tournaments are at least a hundred thousand to win. If you have a, uh, if you're running a ranger boat, you get an extra $25,000 bonus. So 125,000 to win last place in the money. And, uh, like the FLW tournaments is about 10,000. I think in, in bass, it's about 2,500. And, uh, and, uh, of course I think last place in, uh, and major league fishing is about six thousand. So you know that's that's the last place we're talking about. That's finishing, uh, you know, the last place in the money in those in those organizations. And so you're going from a hundred thousand to win minimum down to you know twenty five hundred or six thousand or or ten thousand. And uh, so yeah, it, they, it's changed a lot. A guy a guy can really make a living at this game now. Oh, and you're absolutely right. And the one thing that um, when got young guys. And I, I did the tournaments off and on for a while. I dabbled in and out, never to the extent or with the success rate you did. Uh, you got in the media also. I went into the media very early in my career, writing for some very prominent magazines in Fisherman Fishing Facts. I was a columnist for the Denver Post. And, of course, I did a stint on television for 20-some years, and we've had this radio show for when it's our 23rd year will be starting. But you've been like 40 years on TV when you look at it and you were doing the tournaments, I'll bet it had a – you started TV quite a while ago, too. You were still and still are involved in tournaments. That had to change your approach to tournaments because TV is a lot of work. Well, it really is. You know, we uh, we still do 39 television shows. We do 26 for Jimmy Houston Outdoors, and we do uh, 13 for Jimmy Houston Adventures, which is uh, primarily hunting. Jimmy Houston Outdoors is all fishing and uh and then in addition, of course, you know, nowadays, uh, Terry, you know, we have the social media deal and, and uh, you know, we have about 285,000 people on our Facebook. Uh, and we've got a YouTube channel, Jim Houston Outdoors YouTube. And we actually will do in um, in this coming year, 2020, which is just right around the corner, uh, we'll actually be doing 500 videos for our YouTube channel. So when you think about it, you know, it's it's an awful lot. So the game is, has really changed. And, um, you know, it, it is you know, tournament fishing nowadays is a full-time job. Back when you were doing it and I was doing it, you had to have a full-time job in order to tournament fish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Yeah, that's true. But now it is a full-time job. And, and you know, when you uh, are, are running businesses like you do and I do, um, it, it, it is challenging to fish the tournaments at the top level. There's, not, there's absolutely no doubt about it because 
you just don't have the time to allocate to it that that the other individuals do and and uh, so you you better be able to get on them and find them pretty quick out there is what it amounts to well yeah you know and you got to catch big ones nowadays too everybody oh, catches women oh yeah it used to be if you could catch a limit you'd be in the money and then if you got a kicker fish you'd be up higher but now yeah, now yeah. they're they're all big ones you know Think what's happened with the equipment since you and I started uh, decades ago. Just the electronics, the GPS, and uh, the views you have down, the down viewing and the side viewing. What an incredible strides have been made with those. Well, it's amazing, and I'm, I don't know, uh, you know, I, I say all the time, I can't wait to see what God's going to do next in my life. I, I can't wait to see what the electronic industry is going to do next with fish locators. You know, I actually just changed to a Garmin. Uh, electronics this year uh, in order to, to use that live scope and uh, I had not made a decision whether I was going to continue fishing tournaments again in 2020 or not and I just felt like that if I didn't have that live, live scope it would be a disadvantage in fishing tournaments to, with the guys that did have it and uh, and that's the latest and the greatest obviously but you just don't know what is just around the corner. Uh, we know 2020 is just around the corner and 2020 might usher in a, a complete new advancement in electronics and, and and you know terry of course it's not only that it's the the rods the reels the fishing line the hooks and that you know we, we have things nowadays that wasn't even thought of like uh, uh you know our, our locators our, our uh, trolling motors that have spot locks on them and gps built into the trolling motors we have power poles we have uh, hydro waves that transmit sounds down into the water we have so many things that we really didn't even have back then uh, we're still using you know, some shape, fashion, or form of the same baits that we've always used, but even those baits are far superior than what they what they used to be from a, a manufacturing standpoint. The hooks are all chemically sharpened, and it's just amazing the way the game has changed. Oh, it really is. In fact, you and I were talking uh, one day, and I mentioned that I quoted you a lot about the color of plastic worms, and this goes this goes back decades. I won't say how many so they know how old we are, but <laughs> but you told me I was actually kind of misquoting you. I used to say that you said any color plastic worm was good as long as it was purple, but tell tell the people the origination of that quote. <laughs> well, you know, Bill Dance used to say that, that any, any, any color plastic worm was okay as long as it was blue, and Roland Martin always said any color was okay as long as it was purple. And so I just kind of borrowed from both of my buddies there and said any color plastic worm is is great as long as it's blue or purple. And uh, I kind of added, I thought it'd be better if it's a six-inch worm on top of that. <laughs> uh, you did. You said six-inch. You know, right. all, all, all things being equal, I've been, you know, sponsored by one sponsor for a long time, and they made the a blue fleck six and then a seven-inch worm. And I, even to this day, I still catch so much bass on that, that six, seven-inch plastic worm in that blue fleck. It's still a great bait. Well, amazingly, you know, all of the new techniques using worms are techniques that we used back when we were teenagers, you know, things like Ned rigs and, and, and drop shot rigs and things like this were things that we were using. We just, in the shaky head, we were just, we call some of those things just jigging worms, and we were using them in a lot of different ways, using split shots and drop shots and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we were actually kind of using a, a, a drop shot technique on catfish uh, back when we were, you know, walking around barefooted. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, it, there's, uh, it's kind of a, you know, they continually revamp the techniques and put a different name on them. But 
you know, the plastic worm revolutionized bass fishing. There's no doubt about that. And and uh, whether you're using a, a six-inch plastic worm, which is, you know, really and truly probably the far and away the most sold and the most used, or you're using two or three inches of that worm on a little jig head, or you're using a 12-inch or 14 or 15-inch plastic worm, or some of the swim baits we have now are huge. Uh, it, it still all boils down to that, 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 that other little worm, plastic worm that Nick Cream made years ago, making it look just like a night crawler, and uh, which is what bass like to eat. And it's, uh, uh, you know, we've been using some variation of that forever and probably will be 100 years from now. Fish will still be doing the same thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Before we run out of time, I want to talk a little bit about the International Sportsman's Exposition. You're going to be there on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Now, I believe you're going to be there with a booth. Is that right? Yeah, we'll be there with uh, Sports Dimension has a booth. Uh, we we do some uh, trips for companies. You know, uh, Shell Oil Company is one of our largest sponsors, and uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Mass Pro Tracker, you know, those are some of our largest sponsors. And we do a Jimmy Houston fishing experience uh, for, for those companies uh, where we take some of their customers uh, fishing and Sports Dimensions handles all of that, and and uh, Sports Dimensions will have a booth there that I'll be in, and we'll be uh, visiting with various companies that are there and and uh, talking to them about some of the Jimmy Houston fishing experiences that we have available for this, this next year. And then, of course, Friday night it's going to be you and I at the demo tank, and I'm kind of envisioning this. I mean, you and I can wing it however we want, but. At 4.30, it's book, booked as question and answers, so I'll probably mill through the crowd and get questions, and you and I will chat about the industry and give some fishing tips and techniques and take questions from the crowd. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll really enjoy that. And then Saturday afternoon, you're in the casting contest, and a lot of people, you know, they've watched you on TV, and you're kind of uh, laissez-faire. You love to be, have fun and all that, but learning to cast and cast accurately, if you're going to be a tournament fisherman, is really, really uh, just a high priority, isn't it? Well, it really is. And I think if you're just going to even fish for the fun of it, one of the things that uh, a person can work on all the time is, is their casting accuracy and being able to, you know, put that lure where they want it and then make it hit the water, you know, make it a real subtle sound, not make much noise. Most of the time, sometimes you want to make a lot of noise hitting the water. But, but and, and, you know, the good thing about learning how to become a better caster is you can do that at home. You can do that in the living room. You can do that on the days that you do not get to go fishing. And, and I know that, that out in your area there, you know, the wintertime is pretty difficult to get out and, and, and go fishing in very many places. And that's a time when you can learn to become a better fisherman and, and become a better caster. And, and just by, by practicing, you know, set something out there like a coffee cup or, or well, I, I don't know, Terry, you might want to use a minute bucket or a Hey, watch it, watch it. Set, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, set something out there as a target and just practice and practice pitching in there, flipping in there, casting in there. And, and, uh, and, and it'll be, you'll be amazed at how many more fish you catch the following year by just doing that some during the wintertime. I, I was, uh, we do about a hundred personal appearances a year and, I was amazed in the early years at how, you know, even through the wintertime when I wasn't fishing that much, uh, my casting skills was increasing because I was doing a lot of shows and a lot of appearances and would sometimes stand, you know, at a, a show, uh, example, like in Denver, stand there and maybe, uh, you know, pitching a bait in a coffee cup or something for hours and, and just playing and just having fun and killing time. But uh, at the same time, you know, the, the casting accuracy was, was getting better. It's no different than a, 
than a, an NBA basketball player shooting 500 free throws a day. You know, the next season he's going to be a better free throw shooter. Uh, yeah, and, uh, but all fishermen can do that, and they can, you know, the winter months are a great time to become a better caster. So, yeah, we'll talk about some of the different techniques and, you know, in, in casting and how you can do it easier and better. That, that That's a good thing to talk about, Terry. It sure is. No, you're absolutely right, and I couldn't agree with you. And by the way, I used to practice in a coffee cup too, but now I'm not sure a minnow bucket would be big enough. So. <laughs> I'm about to say, I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we're out of time, Jimmy, but so great visiting with you. And people come out to the International Sportsman's Exposition Friday, Saturday, Sunday, at least visit with Jimmy. But stop by Friday at 430, and we're going to be answering questions and then go watch him cast on Saturday. Jimmy, really looking forward to having you at the show in a couple of weeks, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people are anxious to meet you. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it, Terry. So good to visit with you again, partner. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks, Jimmy. Jimmy Houston, what a great, great guy. Just one of the one of the true gentlemen and tremendous people in the outdoor industry. We're going to take a quick time out, and then we're going to take you up to uh, Lake Granby and see what's going on up there on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're going to go right to the phones. We're patiently waiting for us, at least I hope patiently, is Jeremy Huntington, a district wildlife manager from the Granby area. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning, Terry. Hey, uh, sorry we're running a little late, but we're going to take plenty of time because I want to talk to you about what's going on. But Jimmy Houston was just such a gracious guest. It was so fun to talk to him. So, But... Uh, before I get started with Jeremy, I want people to know that I will be giving away some International Sportsman's Show tickets today, so I hope you are paying attention both to my Facebook page and to that first segment. Well, Jeremy, you guys have an event coming up in about a month that uh, is an annual event that really draws a lot of people, and that's the Three Lakes Ice Fishing Contest up at Granby. Tell me a little bit about it. Yes, I appreciate the opportunity. So on January 24th, 25th, and 26th, there's a three-day ice fishing tournament. Um, That's going to be on Lake Granby. It's going to be on Grand Lake and Shadow Mountain. Those are the three lakes. You can also fish the pumping canal up here, as well as um, the Colorado River below Shadow Mountain for the first 400 yards before you hit a uh, Golden Eagle closure. And it's a annual tournament. Uh, how, how many years has that tournament been going on? Um, I believe this is their 32nd annual tournament. So it has a long history up here, and it's a great event for the community and, and to encourage people to come up here and enjoy the outdoors. Now, it, it's structured a little bit different. It's a three-day tournament, but you don't have to fish all three days, right? That's correct. You can register for each individual day or else you can choose to uh, register for all three days. Um, so you have a lot of opportunities for whatever day might work best for you. And then how do you register? Do you register ahead of time? Do you do it when you get there? How does that work? So for registration, uh, they're encouraging you to go to the Granby Chamber um, website, and that's grambychamber.com, and there's all the information about the event on their website. Um, but you can also register at Budget Tackle in Granby, Indian Peaks Marina, in, uh, off of Highway 34 on Lake Granby, or else uh, at Granby Bait and Tackle. Now, in addition to being competitive, 
There's door prizes, so there's lots of ways to win. So it's a it's a fun tournament, even if you're not an advanced angler, isn't it? It is, and there's some folks that register just for the opportunity for the great door prizes they're giving away. Well, you know, another thing to do to be go on even a part of a tournament like that and see what people are doing, where they're catching fish, how they're catching fish. It'll make you a better angler. Kind of tell people the structure of how you do win fishing. So for the fishing component, we do we're issuing uh, we're tagging twelve fish. So there's a thousand dollar prize for catching um, if you catch a tagged fish. So there's that component to it, um, and the tournament helps us a lot with our management for the lake. We're trying to reduce the um, population of the smaller lake trout. So the tournament, if you catch a fish under 19 inches, you can win the prize if you catch the heaviest fish under 19 inches. But so, it has to be under 19 inches. If it hits 19 inches, it's too big to count for the tournament. Is there any type of catch and release prize if you get a bigger fish? They do have a um, honor system. You catch uh, a large lake trout, then you can uh, take a picture and measure the length and do that as safely as possible and return the fish into the water. Um, and then they, you submit your picture and tell them, you know, show them the picture and the size of the fish, and then they enter that into a drawing for a prize. Now, I believe there's there's some categories, too. Like, I think there's even a category for rainbows and browns. Is that right? There is. They're also doing the Grand Slam. So that includes um, your, it's the, if you catch a, you can weigh in a brown trout, a kokanee, a rainbow, and a lake trout. And those four fish are considered their Grand Slam. And it's the heaviest combined weight of those four fish. But the lake trout that you weigh in for your Grand Slam still has to be under 19 inches. All right. Let's talk a little bit. We'll get back again to give out the information and how people register because this is a tremendously fun event. And First of all, how many dollars worth of prizes are you giving away? Do you know? Uh, I don't know the exact number number of prizes, dollars that they're giving away, but it's uh, pretty significant this year. There's actually going to be two snowmobiles that they're giving away. Um, one snowmobile is going to be given away as a door prize that you have to be present to win. And then Granby Bait and Tackle, I just found out, is giving away another snowmobile. If you register at Granby Bait and Tackle and you spend $20 in their store, they are going to be giving away a, a snowmobile that you don't have to be present to win. All right. So that sounds fantastic. Now, let's talk a little bit about the lake. I want to take a couple minutes because you mentioned there's an abundance of small lake trout in Granby, and there are some big ones. I mean, there's undoubtedly 40-pound-plus fish in that lake, and I've caught them over, well over 20 myself there. But there's, there is an abundance of those, shall we say, 15 to 22-inch, 24-inch. But uh, the people sometimes, they hear us talk about lake trout, and we say, well, we always release the big lake trout, and we do. If they get over 20 inches or so, we like to let those go because once they get a certain point, those small lake trout start eating other fish, and they start growing big. But if you have too many of them, there's not enough bait. Is that right? That's correct. We Our management for the lake is we're encouraging folks to um, keep fish under or re- 
keep fish under 24 inches, release fish over 24 inches. Um, you know, the, the tournament is set at 19 inches because that's really where uh, the folks, it's really trying to reduce the density of those smaller lake trout. Um, Lake Granby has one of the highest density of lake trout, and that really makes a challenge for the food source, and it takes a lot of uh, uh, food for those fish to get big. And so by reducing some of that, that density in that smaller lake trout, we can hopefully get it back in balance and grow larger lake trout. Well, and that also creates, while they're helping you with management, creates a tremendous angling opportunity, whether it's in the tournament or anytime during the year. Ice fishing is fantastic out there. I mean, we talk about smaller lake trout, but we're still talking about 15, 16, 18-inch fish, and they're nice, healthy fish. They live on those mice of shrimp, and they really taste good, don't they? They do. You know, that mice of shrimp makes their meat nice and pink, um, and they're some of the best-tasting fish that I've had personally. Um, a lot of people enjoy, you know, if you catch if you catch a big one, that's like uh, icing on the cake. It makes, makes uh, a lot of excitement. But you can go home with four really nice lake trout that, you know, are average. The average fish I see folks catch are, are right around that 18, um, you know, probably 16 to 20 inch mark. That is what most people are catching, and that makes a nice meal. Oh, and you're absolutely right. And while you're doing that, um, if you don't keep them all to start with and catch and release, it's not uncommon to have 25, 30, 40 fish days, is it? Yeah, there are some folks that it takes a little bit to learn the lake and, and uh, how to fish it and what to use. But once folks key in on that, then you can definitely catch quite a few fish. Two more questions because we got uh, Olivia waiting from the parks office and we want to get to her. But um, first of all, what's the ice conditions at Granby right now? So right now we have approximately about five inches on the lake. However, it just froze over this last week. So urging folks take extreme caution on, on uh, ice fishing. All of our lakes up here are, are frozen and um, have about five inches or so. There's a couple lakes like Willow Creek Reservoir has about a foot on it, um, but Willow Creek's not part of the tournament. Um, Grand Lake has about five inches as well. So, you know, with our colder temperatures and stuff this year for the tournament, the ice should be pretty good, but we always encourage folks there's no such thing as safe ice and definitely take precautions and be aware of the ice conditions. We suggest you drill as you go and, and uh, make sure that, that you use safety precautions and have uh, safety gear with you should you need it. And real quick, about 30 seconds, because I don't want to keep Olivia waiting too much longer. If you could only fish those lake trout with one bait and technique, what would you use? You know, the most common that I see folks use is um, heavy spoons or with tube jigs. And they are uh, white is a good color. Um, a lot of people use sucker meat, and I suggest that you move around a lot. Um, sometimes folks will sit in one spot all day and and not catch anything. If you're not catching anything here, you know, within a half hour, I suggest you move and work your way around the lake. The depths typically around, you know, 30 to 60 feet is a pretty good depth for these lake trout. If you want to catch rainbows or the browns, um, go into shallow water and fish the coves. And the coves are a good spot for in that shallow water for those rainbows and browns. 
All right. So, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. Great information. People can go to GrambyChamber.com if they want more, right? That's correct. All I right, my, the opportunity. All right, my friend, thank you for both the information on the tournament and the update on the conditions there. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thank you. You bet, Jeremy, from up at the... We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, Olivia's going to join us from Parks and Wildlife, and she's going to tell us about an activity you can do uh, after you maybe party a little bit more than you should on New Year's Eve, right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are going right to the phones, where I hope patiently waiting is um, Olivia from Parks and Wildlife. Good morning, Olivia. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I heard you're out and about on this terrible day. Be careful. I am. We will be. It's, it's, um, I want to, uh, you, you got an event coming up at Parks and Wildlife that we want to talk about, and that's called the First Day Hikes. Now, I got a sneaking right. suspicion, uh, I've, actually, I know because we've talked about this in years past, that it has something <laughs> to do with New Year's Day. Uh, tell us about what you're trying to accomplish there. Right. So that's correct. Um, it's a nationwide effort that was started more than 25 years ago um, by the National Association of State Park Directors. Um, and it's an effort that we um, have been taking part in for over five years as a state agency. Um, so we're doing it once again this year and basically encouraging folks to come out and spend time outdoors at our parks. Um, we have a number of guided hikes scheduled. Um, so, yeah, we're just basically encouraging people to get out and take part in any activities that they so choose. Now, the whole idea is, to, first of all, People over the holidays, we all maybe eat or Im, uh, Im, imbibe a little bit more than we should and maybe those extra pounds. And getting outdoors and using state parks to go hiking, wildlife watching, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, camping, all those things um, help us you know, to a better lifestyle and a more enjoyable lifestyle. So you kind of want to get people introduced to the parks. So you tend to have right. a lot of you, ha, you tend to have a lot of special activities on New Year's Day to kind of jumpstart yeah. that. Can you tell me about some of those? Sure. Yeah, um, we have more than thirty events scheduled at our park. So, um, in all likeliness, you could find an event near you um, by looking at our state park finder, which you can find at our homepage. Um, and these activities kind of vary from guided hikes. We have a number of volunteers that. Um, are called naturalists, and they can go on the hike with you and explain state park history, uh, maybe point out some wildlife. Um, then we also have uh, organized sledding events. Um, we'll have refreshments offered at many parks, giveaways. Um, so, yeah. Now, on some of the parks, if you want to go a little further than the hike and do something like snowshoeing or cross-country skiing, you even have equipment available either for rent or loaner, depending on the park, don't you? We do, yeah. Um, snowshoeing, um, even ice fishing equipment for those of you who are avid fishers. Um, so, it, again, it depends on the park, but um, in all likelihood, you can find some kind of event or uh, gear that will suit your needs at you know, a, a park near you. Now, are there any special events really close to the metro area here that people should know about? Yeah, um, there's actually a guided hike at Shatfield that's scheduled. 
Um, so Chatfield State Park is just south of Littleton and west of Highlands Ranch, um, actually just next to the Denver Botanic Gardens. Um, so that's definitely an opportunity for those who live closer to the metro area. Um, we also have um, events scheduled at Cherry Creek State Park. Um, so really, I mean, you could be located in the Denver area or in our northwest region or southeast region. Um, but there, there are events scheduled across Colorado. So it won't be too difficult for people to find something that they yeah, want the, to take part in. And the whole idea is to get out there and, and visit some of these parks. And, you know, right. and people need to, you know, buy a parks pass and get out there because once you get one and start going – what an inexpensive way to go all year long then because you don't have to pay again and then keep right. going and take advantage there. There's, I think, 41 state parks, and we've got maybe another one coming online. There's wildlife areas out there. Um, a lot of the right. parks have things like archery, and they have uh, wildlife watching. And winter camping is becoming extremely popular mm-hmm. in a lot of these parks now where the parks and wildlife, not only do you have tent camping, and uh, things like uh, uh, the cabins and yurts. But over at uh, Manco State Park, they built an igloo. Right. Yeah, so you can actually rent and camp and sleep in a real igloo over there. So the best idea, I think, is what you said in the beginning. Go to the state park's website, and I just Google Colorado Parks and Wildlife, and it comes up, and just start picking parks and go look for the activities. Would that be a good way to go? Yeah, and uh, our, it's not difficult to put in our website name, which is cpw.co.us. Um, and once you go onto that part, onto that uh, homepage, our part finder is right at the bottom there. So you can't miss it. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll let you go because you guys are riding through the snow and everything. You guys have safe travels today. But hopefully people, I appreciate it. And hopefully people not only get out and enjoy the the first day hikes on New Year's Day, but start enjoying the parks all winter long. Thank you, Olivia. Yeah, thank you. You bet. That's Olivia from Parks and Wildlife. Just a lot to do. Hey, um, we're going to start giving away some ISE tickets here in just a few minutes, and we're going to take a time out, but I'm going to give you a hint that first, you should have been paying attention during Jimmy Houston, and you certainly should be following us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Uh the Facebook page is, uh, there's a lot of information there. You'd have known Jimmy was coming up to be on the show today. And you also might have seen a trivia answer or two on there. You never know that it might help you win on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Do you know, <clears throat> Santa Claus bought me tickets to go see these guys. I don't know how he would know that I like the Eagles. Must have been a lucky guess. Maybe he listens to the show. That could be, too. Somebody has to. (laughs) You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You know what? I got some tickets to give away today, and I'm going to give away a couple right now. First hour of the show, I had Hall of Fame angler Jimmy Houston on the show with me. And we talked about a lot of things, but one of the things we talked about is that uh, Friday, January 10th at the International Sportsman's Exposition, Jimmy and I are going to be together at the tank at 4.30. And we're going to do an event that's been titled, we talked about the title, 
And there's a word in the title. If you can give me the title or the key word to that title by calling 303-713-1043, we'll give you, uh, the first one, we'll give you two tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. That's what's the title of the presentation with Jimmy Houston and myself Friday at 4.30 at the International Sportsman's Exposition on January 10th. Now, if you don't win this pair of tickets, we're going to be giving away more tickets later on in the show. That's why you need to follow us on Facebook, okay? Because we are going to uh, we're going to be putting trivia up. In fact, we put up we put up uh, a trivia question this last week that might win some tickets this later on this same show if you know the answer on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And we do that, not only do we put, we put, we're constantly putting what we call 20-plus years of trivia from Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and we give away prizes off and on, not every time, but most times when you see that. So you need to follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, to be able to know when we put those up. The other reasons you should follow us on Facebook are that uh, if, if, you know, we had Jimmy Houston on today. We have special guests on. We will post on the Facebook page that that special guest is going to be there. A lot of times after that, I will go, we will go to the Facebook page and put a link to the podcast. You know, all our shows are podcasts both by the hour and by the segment. If you go to 1043thefan.com, go to the menu and to my page, you can listen. You can go back months and listen to interviews we've done in case you missed them. But if there's a key interview, a special person, or a topic we think is particularly timely, um, we will put a link to that interview on our Facebook page. Every time we add a, a new video to The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, which I think there's probably around 130 or something up there, somewhere in those numbers right now on our YouTube channel, uh, Karen, every time she adds a video to The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom on YouTube, she posts that on our Facebook page. We also, if I get out in the field, I'll do updated reports. Like if I get out ice fishing in the next couple of weeks, I will do the same day a post, hopefully with pictures or video, and show you where I was and what we were doing, how we were doing it, and get you out there. And then other people, we can encourage some of our, our contributors to give us some, some uh, posts like that too. And we'll be posting a lot over the next couple weeks about different aspects of the International Sportsman's Exposition because uh, we just think it's so important uh, because it's just a great chance for us to meet people, get information out. I assume we have a winner for that, right? Okay, so the name of the segment that Jimmy Houston and I are going to do on Friday the 10th at the International Sportsman's Exposition is Questions and Answers with Legends. And Jimmy and I are going to sit with the crowd. We're going to talk about what we've seen because we've both been in what wasn't even an industry for decades. We'll talk about what we've seen happen through the industry, uh, how, what a blessing it was to be part of this while it all developed. And then we'll give good fishing tips and we'll share information. And, and you'll get to meet uh, a Hall of Fame angler and just a tremendous, tremendous individual. So you want to join us for that. He's also going to be in the casting contest. And I'm a little secret that I don't know if a lot of these guys in these casting contests know. I mean, they see Jimmy as a television star, and they know he's been an accomplished tournament angler, but he almost never loses a casting contest. 
he considers it one of his most important skills, and he practices a lot. So he's going to be competitive, and then we're going to have uh, other other people there competing. You know, our own Chad Lachance is one at once, and he came in second once. Uh, Nate Zielinski will be competing, Will Dykstra, and then there'll be some of the fly fishermen. I don't have their names in front of me. But that's just a huge event at the uh, International Sportsman's Exposition, and that's on Saturday. Another thing we'll do at the ISE on Saturday is our walleye panel. That's been one of our most popular presentations, and that's where Nate Zielinski, Brad Peterson, uh, Dan Swanson, and myself do a one-hour question-and-answer period on walleye fishing. And you're talking about Dan is a PWT championship qualifier, rookie of the year, probably one of the most knowledgeable electronics guys in the country. Brad Peterson is an accomplished walleye tournament fisherman, as is Nate Zielinski. Both of them also uh, guide, and, of course, Nate runs Tightline Outdoors, and they're constantly keeping track of the walleye fishing. In fact, he's going to talk about it coming up here in just a little bit. They constantly keep track of the walleye fishing here in the state because they have to guide on it. They have to put people on fish. So they're constantly uh, they're constantly doing that. I helped write uh, In Fisherman's Critical Concept books on walleye fishing. Plus, I wrote for many years for the Walleye Insider and covered the professional walleye tour, in addition to fishing some tournaments at a very high level myself. So we have a tremendous amount of walleye knowledge on uh, that Saturday panel, and we love to share. We love to get the questions. And, you know, one of the things that will happen when we do that is there'll be the four of us there, and you'll ask a question, and we don't always agree. Um, We all base it on our experience, how we've been successful, and what we do. That doesn't necessarily mean that uh, we've all done it the same way. Uh, Nate and I are notorious for arguing about aspects of fishing. Ice fishing is a great example of that. Nate and I go back and forth about the size of the auger. Nate loves to have a 10-inch hole in the ice. I'd rather have a 6- or an 8-inch hole, even for big fish. And we go back and forth on that, and we talk about it. doesn't mean either one's wrong. We each approach it in a different way, in a different concept, and we have our ideas on why we do that. And that'll happen with our walleye panel. The last thing I really want to talk about, though, at the ISC show during this segment is that on uh, Friday, we've kind of done some different things. Before, we used to scatter all the different segments throughout the ISC show, the different presentations, We've asked the guys over the last couple of years to make Thursday and Saturday general days that appeals to the typical anglers that are learning more about the local lakes, want to start learning a new technique, and or they want to polish one up, or they want to see some presentations. On Friday, we ask them to pick it up a step. Give us that advanced technique, that one that the, maybe the more accomplished angler wants to use to take the next step. So that's what Friday's about. On Sunday... We pull things back, and we go to beginners, family, kids, youth, and women, and we really focus on bringing more people into the outdoors. So that's a very, very important thing there, too. We really, uh, It's really important what we do that. So keep those in mind. You know, the best way is just come every day. We love to see you. In fact, I love talking to you when you get there. I tell you what, I've rambled on enough. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, Nate Zielinski will join us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.